I'm Sam Spiri, a Dutch psychologist and healthcare entrepreneur. In the past few years, I became inspired by Buurtzorg, a Dutch healthcare organization based on just a few basic principles. These principles translate into highly effective and sufficient care. I traveled to the south of France to speak with Thijs de Blok, another Dutchie and the founder of Buurtzorg International. This is the principles of Buurtzorg. Welcome to the podcast. The okay, the Buurtzorg web. Mm-hmm. What what is it? What does it look like? What the Buurtzorg web is? Uh, yeah, the IT system used by all our colleagues, mainly by the care professionals, but also by the back office. And it has several functions. So there's a communication function. There is a care assessment function. There's a planning function. And all these functions. There's a learning function. And all these functions go through one main portal. And that's the Buurtzorg web. And how do people use it? Is uh, Do they really... All the, all the teams, all these 15,000 people, communicate, mm. com- communicate through the system? Not, uh, not every day. Um, maybe it's when, when, we, we, when we started Buurtzorg, we also started an IT company at the same time because the needs for an IT company are very different than a nursing organization. Yeah, that's obvious. Um, so it was most logical to separate the one from the other also because nursing organization is largely funded by public money and with an IT company that becomes quite difficult. So we separated it and uh, Art, Art Plevink, one of the founders of of Bootser and also of Ike, the company that was founded to start the IT system, he also played in a band. Yeah. And, uh, And he said, well, IT should also be a bit like music. And if you have the right instruments together, you can make nice music. So all the things came together in this. And this was 2006, 2007. So these days there's a lot of off-the-shelf ready-made assessment systems, care providing systems, software for healthcare available. Um, but back then it was not so familiar yet and, and so we didn't really have a choice but to make it ourselves because there was nothing really that connected with our principles. Um, but then you don't want to force people to use the IT use system. The IT system yeah. So you should make something quite easily understandable uh, if, if, if a lot of your colleagues are women between the age of 40 and 65 years old you want to be sure they you, can use it yeah. you want to make it user-friendly and yeah. you don't want to make a system that's user-friendly for people that are it experts you want to make something user-friendly for people who are nurses yeah otherwise they call the back office all day otherwise you create problems and yeah. they don't want to use it and then they say well we go back to our old pen and paper system and that's what you want to avoid yes so but one thing that they did know how to use at that time and still was Facebook. 
So a lot of nurses said, why can't we just have our own Facebook? We, we know how this works and there's several functions on Facebook. So we took some inspiration from Facebook and that became the community platform. And on community platform, there's messages that you can send to each other. So if you have a question, for example, about, uh, say, dementia care, say, well, I'm like, I have a question or I'm an expert about this topic. Are there any more people struggling with the same thing? And then you have a discussion. And not everybody has to participate in the discussion, but everybody can read it. So even if you say, ah, I'm interested in this little aspect, I can read it and I carry on with my day, but maybe sometime it will come up. So that's the community platform. Jos, his blogs are on the community platform. Messages from the back office to the teams. Does um, he blog a lot? Yeah, I think once every, on average, once every three weeks, once every month. But if there's something happens that has a lot of impact, uh, during COVID, mm-hmm. he did a lot more because things were changing all the time that had a very direct impact effect on the, yeah. Yeah, on the care. So then it was more. And this time it's a bit quieter, so it's a bit less. But when there's a new regulation from the government... Or there's some new rules. Um, then he writes a blog about it and, and see what the people think. And they can just respond to this blog. They can respond. So to all the, the nurses can all see this. All the nurses can see this. All the nurses can respond. And say if they don't if they like it or they don't like it. And it's is it like Facebook? They can also place pictures of the teams if they want to or yeah. There's pictures of the teams. If you are proud that your team is starting yeah. somewhere. For example, and you, yeah. And you want to show your new office. You can put a picture on there. And people see that and respond. And people see that and respond. And for example, if we have an international group visiting or there's a a project that is starting, I put a message on there. Or one of my colleagues from Buto International put a a post on there and say well this is happening who would like to join hmm. so it's it's things like that that the community platform is uh, is used for so that's also the first thing when you see when you log in to the boots of web and then there's the tools behind it um so for an an average day you would look of course at your planning planning is important to see which client you need to visit yeah. and when you're at the client you do the information uh, the, that was uh, that you have to write down from the visit yeah the you, registration the registration of the yeah. care um, and then yeah you you fill out the details so in a, in a traditional registration system you write out the complete form of what happened during this care moment. Uh, but we made an assessment or a registration system that's based on the assessment system of the OMA system. There's a lot of systems. <laughs> what is the OMA system? The OMA system is, is an assessment system in was developed in, in the 70s, I think, in the 60s, 70s, in Omaha in, in the United States. 
and it's it's a more holistic way of looking at care. So it's not only looking at the medical things that you need to register, but also, for example, looking at the psychosocial or the economical problems in the life of a client. Um, and, and we use that in our assessment, but also in our registration to evaluate and then to registrate what we have been doing. But to write everything down in open text would be a lot of work yeah. and not very constructive. So if nothing changes in the things that you do, if you visit a client five times a week, let's say, there's a good chance that five times you do the similar the, thing, the, almost the, the, the same thing. thing. Yeah. And the, the conversations may be different with the client, but you don't put those in a registration form. But if you only tick the box, it was the same as last time and the same as we agreed. And there's, the, there's no discrepancy between the things. It makes it a lot quicker so yeah. than it was traditionally. So that's in the, in the, in the boots of web. Um, then there's the learning environment is in the boots of web. It's, uh, people like to inform themselves in general about things that they don't know. Uh, and we created a sort of environment where you can look up certain keywords and then follow an online training or an in-person training. Like or a mini Google. Uh, an encyclopedia, almost. Wikipedia. Yeah, and Wikipedia on, 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 on the things around care and how to inform yourself. And there's also an expert network connected to that. So you can say, if you're an expert, for example, in wound care, you live in a region, you can put yourself on the map. And if then a colleague who works for a different team in the same region has a question about this and you have had extra education for this specific task, they can ask you questions or even ask you to come along for a particular case to say, how should I treat this wound? So rather than doing it then for, you show it once and then you can teach other people how to develop the same skill, wow. if needed. So that network is in also in the learning environment. It's so evolutionary. Yeah, but and it's needed. It's needed, but you connect all those employees, all those 15,000 employees together to learn from each other. Yeah, but they don't have to speak if they don't want to. But they can read. They can, can read feel it. feel connected yeah. to the rest of. But there's no force. So the vision behind the Bootsaw web is that you should should be so functional and so nice that people want to use it and you don't have to force them to use it. Because from an organizational perspective, you'd really like it if they use it because otherwise you don't get paid for the care, which is yeah. quite pivotal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so rather than creating some some very difficult system with a lot of logins that you have to uh, time after time you have to log into a different system it's a single sign-on and you can reach everything and if you don't understand you ask the colleague to explain it to you how to use it so there may be exceptions but all the colleagues from Buto I've spoken to they like to work with the Buto web also because they Worked in other organizations with IT systems, with all systems. that were not not so practical. Yeah. So there's a there's a good 
reference framework. Um, and uh, Ike, the, the, the company that provides the IT system, also provides the IT for a lot of other organizations in healthcare in the Netherlands at the moment. So they work now independently from each other. And by having it in a different organization, you can, because you use the SaaS structure, software as a service. Yeah. So we can ex- exactly predict what the costs are going to be for the IT for the coming year. So it's not at the end that the IT company needs more money and we have to fund it, but exactly based on the amount of clients we have, we can exactly calculate how much of that 8% overhead we need to use for IT. That's so smart. It's practical. Practical. And you have a lot of data. And there's a lot of data. All those people. Yeah. Yeah, And referring back to the Harvard Business School professors that came to visit us, they were quite impressed by the data we we have and yeah. we had, but they were quite confused that we didn't use more of the data. So what? if you use all the data, you can predict. Yeah, a lot no, of but things, you right? can predict it, but you shouldn't steer it, because then you start managing. Yes. So if you start to use the data to uh, create better or more efficient interventions, and you start pushing people in a certain direction, the data that we find important will stop. So we say, well, we need to be free data and people shouldn't feel controlled. If you have a complaint uh, from a client, there shouldn't be an incentive that says in your head, oh, it looks bad if I have a complaint, so therefore I'm not going to register it. But if you're honest about it, and say, we have a complaint, there's no consequences. We just try to prevent it next time. But sometimes eh, where people work, mistakes happen. Or maybe it's a complaint that didn't make a lot of sense in your eyes, but it was still there. You put it in the registration system and you can see what the effect is of your providing of care. And the whole line it moves and what changes when you have some new colleagues. And what changes if you follow an additional course. Or if you yeah, if you become an expert in dementia, does the outcomes from the people with dementia that you treat get better or stay the same or get worse? What are the outcomes on a local level and what are they on an organizational level? So again, you use the data to learn from. We use the data to see if it works, for example, to have more higher educated people. And does that work? Do you have a lot of higher educated people? We on 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 average we have the highest educated um, colleagues in the Netherlands in home healthcare. So we have forty percent of our nurses have a bachelor degree or higher. Do you know what what is the average in the Netherlands? It depends really because there's also institutional care. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the big takeaway from it is that in traditional organizations people with a bachelor degree don't really work in providing the care anymore and within Bootsorg anyone who works in the team has as a main role to be the care care. provider so that's a big difference but I think on on average some organizations have only 10% bachelor degree or higher some organizations even lower than that what do you think is advantage of more high educated people that you speak the same language 
so you can discuss professional things in a in a way that's effective and quick and you understand what the other person means but it doesn't mean that people with a lower education are not no, important not. and you see a lot of other things you if 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 you people with with a different education background often have the opportunity to spend more time with the client because their wages and their costs for the organization are a little bit lower yeah. and you see a lot of different things when you look more in depth at the client so you see maybe there's some psychosocial problems or maybe there's some conflicts in the family that you don't see if you only dare to dress a wound yes so it's the balance within the teams of the differences in education that make it powerful and successful. But by having people in there makes makes it quite generalistic. So all our nurses are generalist. Yes. And if you have the highest possible education, you can take care of all different conditions and diseases. So you never have to say no to a client if they that. have yes. a problem. Yes. So and, and that causes for less uh, acute care or less uh, institutional care, yeah. so people can stay independently at home. Wow, that's the main. That's the main is, goal. Right? Yeah, the main goal. Interesting. This this Beardsorg web, how yeah. did it evolve over the years? Did it have a lot of forms, updates? No, it's it, it it because we base the. The revenue of the IT company is based on the amount of people that receive care. So it also bases the possibilities yeah. of the IT company. So now we are 15,000 and, and more from other organizations. Yeah. So it's very nice looking, very efficient, not a lot of errors. But when we were only 500 people, it did the financial possibilities were just a bit less. And we knew that. So we had less people that could work on it. and But it was still the same principle. So we made things more elaborate and better and sometimes nicer looking. But the principles stayed oh, the same. same. Yes. So when other organizations at an international level, they ask us, oh, we would love to use the Boots of Web. One of the things I say, but look at the Boots of Web, not the one we have now, with 15,000 people, but look at the one we had when we were your size yeah. and use that as a reference. 20. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise so you get a bit disillusioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. and, and that, that is the difference. And of course, and now we live in a different time. If you, if you try to sell a, a, an IT system that was perceived as good in 2006 and you would try to sell it in 2022 you'd have no bias no so go ahead with your time and a lot of things these days are app based so people make an app for everything so it's uh it's also to move with that everything back then and still the bootstrap web also it's a lot browser based content so you have to see what suits the environment if you, if you for example in adapt it ad- okay. but also if for example in, in in china if you'd come with a browser based system and you try to use that 
in China, people wouldn't use it. Everything is app-based. because People are used to work in apps yeah. for everything. So you should make something that... So you make an app. So you make an app. Yeah. Yeah. You do what is necessary. Do what is necessary and do what okay. people like to use. Great. Do you know what the next episode will be about? I was hoping you'd tell me. I can. It's ownership. Ownership? Ownership. It's an interesting one. Yeah. How do people take ownership for the things that they do? Yeah. Good. Let's talk about it. Okay. If you liked listening to this podcast, follow me on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or brilliant ideas, feel free to mail to podcast.buurtzorg.com. And we will answer you right away. See you in the next episode.